0: It's 11 minutes before the hour, and you are listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, April 22, 2022. I'm Catherine Rose, and this is Raven News. The elevator in Sitka's only high-rise apartment building has been off intermittently for over 15 months. The situation, although not necessarily illegal, is at best inconvenient and at worst discriminatory for tenants who may struggle with seven flights of stairs. In the following story, I report on the complicated web of regulations that allow a residential elevator to remain broken indefinitely. Downtown Sitka's skyline is small but striking. The distinctive St. Michael's Cathedral in the center of Lincoln Street always draws the eye, juxtaposed against a snow-capped Mount Verstovia behind it. But there's one building that overshadows the spire of St. Michael's by a few feet— an eight story structure striped seafoam green and sandy beige.
1: It's a sweet old building and it's got a lot of character and a lot of, there's a lot of good things about it.
0: It's the Cathedral Arms building and it's the largest apartment complex in town. It was built in the early 1950s. Owen Kindig moved into the building in the spring of 2018. He says at first things were good. The views were great, and at $8.95 a month, it was affordable for a one-bedroom apartment. Its location was unbeatable. On the corner of the seventh floor, he had a view of Sitka Sound to the south and Mount Edgecombe to the west.
1: We had the two best views in Sitka. (laughs) And we had initially a cordial relationship with the landlord. Things worked out well.
0: But by the summer of 2019, things had changed. Kindig opened an Airbnb to rent out the apartment when he and his wife were traveling. Around the same time, the building's lone elevator started having mechanical problems. Often, it was out of service without warning. Kindig says he didn't mind the exercise, but climbing six flights of stairs bothered his guests.
1: They needed the elevator. They were coming in with suitcases. Often they were elderly, and um, they needed to have... The elevator, and when the elevator wasn't working, we didn't get good information from the landlord.
0: And Kindig started to notice some of his neighbors were struggling as the elevator went out of service for longer periods, sometimes weeks at a time.
1: We knew one person who was, you know, uh, disabled and couldn't walk up the steps, and I don't know how they managed. I I can't. it, It seemed impossible for them to manage, and yet they were still there when we left.
0: The Kindigs moved out in the fall of 2019. Since the winter of 2020 through April of 2022, tenants say that the elevator has been off. This spring, they invited me to visit Cathedral Arms, and I discovered for myself that it was still off. Nothing happening, no sound. The stairs it is, I guess. This spring, I spoke with six tenants who currently live in Cathedral Arms, and two who recently moved out. They all said they had no access to the elevator for somewhere between 13 and 16 months. All except Owen Kindig asked to remain unidentified in this story, some for fear of losing their housing. I also spoke with the owner of the building, a local businessman named Kelly Pellet, who declined to comment the elevator, however, I've learned, has been on intermittently since I spoke to him. Then, the state issued a cease and desist after an investigation determined that he may have been operating the elevator without a valid certificate. Until the owner makes the necessary repairs to get the elevator recertified, the state says the elevator must remain off. The tenants are frustrated with this situation. Some said they'd approached city officials, reached out to Alaska's congressional delegation, and called state agencies— all without success. That's because it's not necessarily illegal for a multi-story apartment complex to go without a working elevator for over a year. And the reasoning is not straightforward. When it comes to
1: civil things, where there's not like immediate threat to life and safety, you know, the the Alaska public, the Sitka public, doesn't have much appetite for, for enforcement that's really compulsory.
0: Scott Berlinski is a former Sitka building official. He says the city and state do enforce regulations dealing with life and safety. For example, at Cathedral Arms years ago, the state fire marshal required the building's owner to install an exterior fire exit. It was an expensive but necessary addition. But an out-of-service elevator doesn't fall into that category. Sitka's never adopted Chapter 11 of the International Building Code, which spells out accessibility requirements for buildings, including elevators. And Berlinski believes that adopting these codes retroactively in Alaska is politically and practically impossible due to the burden it would put on private businesses.
1: There's so many places that it could be an issue that I don't see in a, in a libertarian state like Alaska. You get the government coming in telling businesses they have to make, make changes you know, by a certain date or get shut down or be subject to enforcement action or be fined. It just would never work.
0: Sitka's current building official could not comment for this story. Municipal Administrator John Leach released a statement confirming that Sitka has not adopted the accessibility requirements in the IBC and stating that the city believed the matter fell under the federal Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA, and that tenants could file complaints with the U.S. Department of Justice. Leach is likely right that this is a matter covered under federal law, but maybe not under the Americans with Disabilities Act.
1: So the fact that it's been like this for so long and they have been trying to get help is is concerning.
0: Leslie Janing is a staff attorney with the Disability Law Center of Alaska. She says it's a common misconception that the ADA covers all residential housing. Rather, it covers public accommodations. However... Most privately owned apartment complexes are covered under the much older Fair Housing Act. The FHA prohibits housing providers from discriminating against people with disabilities.
1: If somebody is not able to access their home, you know, because of their disability, makes it unable to go upstairs or things, That is discriminatory.
0: She says under the FHA, if a building has an elevator, the landlord must keep that elevator in working order and repair it quickly if it breaks down to ensure tenants with disabilities have equal access to their homes. That, or provide a reasonable accommodation. But what about tenants who don't have disabilities? Do they have any recourse?
1: Probably not under the Fair Housing Act, though I would say that the definition of disability under the Fair Housing Act is very broad.
0: Dan Coons is an attorney with Alaska Legal Services. That's a nonprofit law firm that provides free civil legal services to low-income Alaskans.
1: There may be some good arguments that state landlord tenant law applies and that the landlord has a duty under state landlord tenant law to to make these kind of repairs.
0: He says another step tenants can take is filing a civil suit if they believe the state's landlord-tenant law is being violated. Compelling a landlord to make repairs under state law through the courts could be both costly and time-consuming, and it doesn't help tenants right now, who are holding out hope that the elevator will be fixed soon.
1: I think that I think that a landlord uh, has a responsibility to the people he serves to keep them healthy and safe.
0: It's been more than two years since Owen Kindig lived in Cathedral Arms, but he still worries about his former neighbors, and he hopes someone will step in to help them.
1: I think it's, I think it's unsafe. It's, it's, a, it's a nuisance. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a danger to the people who are living there to not have, a ho- not have a working elevator.
0: You can find an extended version of this story on our website later today at kcaw.org. Governor Mike Dunleavy's proposal to overhaul environmental regulation of cruise ships has passed a key Senate committee. But the bill would also permanently repeal the Ocean Ranger program passed by voters in 2006. That would eliminate the Independent Observer program on cruise ships. It would be replaced with direct oversight by the Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation and rely on self-reporting of wastewater discharges permitted by the state. Juno democratic senator jesse keel proposed a compromise a scaled back program with ocean rangers on one of every five ships
1: i think there were some strong arguments made by uh, the administration that um, just as we don't have a police officer on every single corner in town um, they have built out capacity so that they don't strictly need an ocean ranger on every single cruise voyage in alaska but deleting them entirely, I think we've heard from strong public comment, um, is is not what Alaskans are looking for in this self-funded program.
0: A fee charged to cruise companies paid for the program for licensed marine engineers on board the majority of voyages by the larger ships. However, Governor Dunleavy has vetoed money for it, and it last operated during the 2019 season. Written public testimony has been overwhelmingly in support of keeping or even expanding independent oversight by the marine engineers. The Petersburg borough passed a resolution asking to reinstate funding. Dozens of Alaskan fishermen and processors have signed onto a letter highlighting their importance. Senate President Peter Michicki, a Soldotna Republican, supported the state's plan to end the Ocean Rangers and opposed Keel's amendment during a Wednesday hearing of the Senate Resources Committee.
1: The Ocean Ranger program is a great program. I think what it did was demonstrated that we have a compliance program that works. I think they were engaged, and um, I know that it's popular. But frankly, I think what's in this bill has the potential to deliver much greater performance than... The previous program.
0: Kiel's amendment to keep ocean rangers deadlocked at three to three and failed before the bill ultimately advanced. The legislation would also establish a new fund to pay for sewage treatment plant upgrades for Alaska communities and eliminate citizens' rights to sue companies for pollution. I'm Catherine Rose, and this has been Raven News.